This week on Between the Lines, we get it started with a new twist on The Money Line, followed by a new Flashback Friday. We also are joined on the call by Remus De Jesus as we talk about his transition from a basketball player for years into now a high school basketball coach. We also talk a lot about the game, and we also have the holy grail of the ideal pickup basketball teammates. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? Today is Friday, July 3rd. I want to start this week off with a slightly different twist on the money line. Usually, I'm making a bet, but let's talk about my week on the books instead. I'm going into Friday at an absolutely pitiful 0 for 7 in the books, taking losses in just about every sport under the sun. Golf, Korean baseball, boxing, soccer, you name it, I probably lost it this week. But what really grinds my gears is the seemingly perfect parlay I had all of my energy invested to on Wednesday, taking both Arsenal and Chelsea in their respective money lines. The matchups were beautiful. Arsenal got it done, but Chelsea has officially became my most hated Premier League club after not getting it done against West Ham. Anyways, as far as this week's flashback, J.R. Smith is back. This is huge for every single NBA fan out there because everyone knows a league with J.R. in it is infinitely more exciting. He can pretty much only bring positives to the table for the Lakers because he's reunited with his boy LeBron, spreading the floor even more for him and AD to be able to go to work is major. He also brings that veteran edge that, again, can only help. But the real question is, what duo is more iconic? LeBron and JR or Kanye and Elon Musk? Call me crazy. I've never seen Bron and JR rock orange together in the same house. But, all right. So this week, I have a huge basketball mind with me on the call. This guy has taught me a lot about the game, but also a lot about life outside of it. So ladies and gentlemen, he is a mind from the coaching tree of the legendary C. Vivian Stringer. He's a director for the New Jersey Panthers AAU basketball organization, and he's currently an assistant coach at Bridgewater Raritan High School. Here he is, Remus De Jesus. Remus, what's going on, man? Hey, man, appreciate you having me. Uh, yeah, man. Crazy times. That was like a while ago now. Dude, I know. Thinking back about it, I mean, you called me earlier about um, that tournament um, that we played, I guess, what was it? Was it Memorial Day or was it a Labor Day tournament? It was oh, Memorial July. Day in 2015 or, no, 2014. That is so long ago. It's insane that yeah, we, we, were, we were just talking about how, how, how G scored like 16 points in like four minutes, something crazy. Crazy man, comeback of the comeback of the year, and then he did it again the next year. So, um, <laughs> so what have uh, what have you been up to now? I mean, you uh, you work as a 
as a coach? Yeah, so I'm, um, uh, I've been coaching basketball for like seven years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am currently a uh, assistant coach at Bridgewater Raritan High School, which is a pretty large um, public school in New Jersey. And um, we've been struggling the last couple of seasons, but it's a, it's a school that traditionally um, just wins. So we're, we're just trying to get back to that. Right. Uh, also do AAU with the New Jersey Panthers. We, uh, you know, arguably, you know, one of the top teams in the state, our 17U team is going to be pretty good if COVID allows us to play. So Yeah, I'm sure that's tough for all of you guys. I mean, the players, the coaches, and, like, you don't really get to develop the guys the way you want them to and kind of the way they need. Yeah, I mean, it's just a big question mark. Like, you know, uh, we didn't know if there was going to be – a summer season. Um, there's little hopes for us to play a tournament or two now, but you know, we don't have any bearing on, you know, what the future holds. Like there might not be a winter season. TCNJ right. just canceled their season. Did um, they? Yeah. Wow. So a D3, uh, a D3 school in New Jersey has uh, decided to cancel their football and basketball amongst other sports. And um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if they, you know, recant that if everybody follows suit and uh, it's all just a big question mark. So as far as like, what am I doing now? Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to coach, but you know, right. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so you being a coach, um, you know, I guess everyone, whether in sports or in life kind of has some sort of playbook, right? Something they like to go by or they try to live by that kind of keeps them going in their daily lives and, you know, helps them guide them in their decision-making. So what's something that, uh, that you tend to live by or you try to live by that keeps you true to who you are? Uh, something I live by, it'd be if you don't uh, – there's a couple things. Like one thing is just like I try to just keep my head down and just like do what's important, mm-hmm. right, what I have to do and like kind of block out the noise. It's it's easy to just like get up and get, like get up in that – criticism and if you do like it can really mess up like your mental health so I just really want to just make sure I'm doing the right thing and influencing other people to do the right thing which is you know not really the easiest thing to do sometimes um and that's kind of like affected me in coaching um affecting like young people's lives myself my own life Mm -hmm. so you know just making sure you like I guess it's like a Batman thing like all that matters is the mission kind of thing right like he he kind of does that and it's like uh you know I, i'm not i wouldn't say i'm obsessed with the mission to the point where i don't care about anything else uh, right but i will say that there was a point where i was kind of like that and yeah last year and it, it's so it's so crazy that you know everything happened in the order it did because i i took the first international vacation of my life last year when I went to Japan and it was like right before COVID and it was just like uh yeah it's just crazy because like had I planned that to be a few months later I wouldn't have been able to go right you know you I live by yourself vacation. right yeah um which is crazy but I, I've con- I've since gone b- I, and I think a lot of people have done this they've just like gone home because of COVID mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just important right now to be around family. And I no, think for I, sure. I think Absolutely. I would have lost my mind had I just been 
you know, staying around in that room I was renting out. And yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and, and, you know, financially it's just crazy to think about doing that right mm-hmm. now because yeah. like, I have no idea. Like there might not be a need for, I'm a substitute teacher as well. And we have no idea if like substitute teachers are even going to be needed next year, if everything's remote. So I have no, I have absolutely no clue. Um, right. Really weird. I don't Yeah. That's so strange. I mean, because everything you do, I guess for a living outside of the Panthers kind of involves working through the school, whether that's the team yeah. or, or yeah. teaching. So, you know, and you know, one thing about me is like, I don't want to be a, a, like a classroom teacher. You know, like, uh, obviously, I'm a teacher in different ways, but mm-hmm. you know, my, my whole thing is coaching and influencing lives directly. Right. So I talk about being a guidance counselor, but, like, it's just not all the same stuff, you know? No, you it's not. People's lives the, the way you do. I think if you have a good coach in your life, you always remember that coach. For sure. Like, uh, you, you like uh, as I say that statement, I'm sure somebody popped into your head. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At least two or three. Yeah. So, no, I, it, I feel like um, a coach affects, uh, I guess, like a young person, I think a little bit more, I mean, than a teacher would. I mean, as someone who grew up in sports myself, like, I mean, I've had a million teachers. I have not had, I haven't had as many coaches I have teachers, but, you know, those are the relationships I keep. To yeah, you remember the coaches more. 100%. You know? It's just, it's crazy. And it's been, uh, you know, throughout the, the coaching career it's been a balance and that, you know, because it, you know, to be completely truthful, coaching doesn't, co- coaching doesn't pay like a wall street, um, whatever, you know, it's, right. it just doesn't. But the things, the thing, like, I, I guess going back to your question, like, do I have an exact motto I live by? I don't know if there's a motto, but it's like, if you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes a sacrifice. Okay. I like that. So you don't, I mean, so, you know, you, you gotta, so like, it's a trade-off, you know, it's, it's, it's cost, it's cost effectiveness. It's like, you know, what you value Mm -hmm. and, you know, what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're, what you're not. I mean, ideally, you know, every, everybody's doing exactly what they love and they're all very wealthy. Right. Ideally. But the world doesn't, I mean, some people get that, but the world doesn't work that way. And, uh, you know, I wish I had somebody to kind of guide me through that. And I'm trying to be that person for other people. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, I mean, I feel like, um, I mean, I know your story decently well, you know, cause I've known you for so long. So like, I know out of, out of college, like, you know, you started working up in the city. Like, I think you went to school for marketing, right? Something like that. So I mean, you uh, yeah, that so job. I did, yeah. Yeah. My first job was, uh, well, so my first job, um, and it was like the, I, I, I was like in love with the company. It was Yelp. Mm-hmm. And I don't have anything ever. I never have anything bad to say about Yelp. Um, I, but I just know that like, I thought I was better for that role than, than I was. It was an inside, not inside, it was a cold calling type of sales job. Right. Um, and so going back to what we talked about, you know, what do you value? In that case, I got like a pretty nice salary a really nice work environment. You know, I was working for a big name company and all types of like really good stuff, you know, like yeah, free lunch. There sure was, they took care of you. Yeah. There was, you know, 
Uh, the gym subsidy was the best ever. I don't know if I'm supposed to be reviewing this stuff. It doesn't matter. I'm reviewing yeah, anyway. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So like, I was like, uh, I I got like a free Equinox. Um, yeah. And the Equinox was right next to the office. So it was That's like, sick. all that stuff was good. But the, the, what I was doing with nine to five itself, I, it was miserable. Right. So it was like, okay, so what do I really value? Do I value all the benefits? Cause I do. But is that as valuable as like, you know, what I'm doing with my time, like actually doing with that eight to nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, it, and it actually wasn't completely my choice. I got, you know, I, I didn't do well enough performance wise to keep the job. And that is what it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had to choose, like, do I want to go to a similar type of job that, you know, maybe had all the benefits to make the work worth it? Or do I want to, you know, try something else? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody asked me to coach and, and then I coached kind of part-time doing other stuff. Um, and then I tried to get into corporate world one more time. Um, and I, I worked at a, um, I worked as a, assistant for a media buyer so media planning media buying that was um it was media that was the work i was in and this was and media buying was mostly like billing and stuff but again another similar thing i tolerated this time though i tolerated the work like i didn't love the work right right um like i tolerated like i'm like okay yeah i could do this to like buy the time until basketball practice in the evening you know like that, that that could work out for me Sure, that was yeah. like what I was looking for, you know, something to do that would like also allow me to coach mm-hmm. um, and then sustain myself in a really good way. Cause the company had, again, you know, same, similar to Yelp, not as, not as good, had a lot of really good benefits. Um, clients taking me out to like Mets games, Pretty sweet. You know, like um, things like that, you know, uh, seeing commercials before other people, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was going well, but you know, that's when the, the another side of the corporate world kind of hit me. I got laid off kind of for no reason, mm-hmm. you know, like it was this time I had nothing to, but I was doing really well my, at that job. And I got, so at that point I was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in with coaching right? and try to just get a job at the school. And yeah. So since then I've just been fully in, I've been at three schools since. So I was at that school. It's the first school I was at was Avenues of world school. Yeah. I remember uh, that. Like, yeah. So I was like part-time with them after Yelp and then like still stayed on board as I went into the media buying job. And then that like, uh, and then like, I just was working in the school. Uh, you know, I was doing whatever odd job was available type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I did that. And cause it was tough, man, you know, getting laid off, you know, a lot of people don't know, like I was renting an apartment in New York city and that sh- is, you know, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. That's like, there. like that was like, and, you know, I was signed, signed on for a, for a lease and it was like, um, I'm committed to six more months of this and I have no money coming in. So that yeah. was, that was definitely tough. So after that, that um, friend of mine, uh, from Rutgers, who was, he was the head manager for the, the boys team at the same time I was doing my thing with the girls team at Rutgers. Uh-huh. And he 
he and I like play basketball together. Like we knew each other. Um, but he was a head coach at a school called Saddle River Day in Upper Upper Saddle River, New Jersey, Bergen mm-hmm. County. So I, I was like, yeah. So I took that job and did whatever odd jobs I could and moved to Ramsey, New Jersey, up in North Jersey. So this is like almost New York. We're exit 171. Like the school was exit 171. I lived in Ramsey, which was, you know, slightly down from there, but still. Right, up. right. Top of state. So I did that. We had our, our best. I mean, at, at, at Avenues, we, we, did a, we did, had a really good time, too. We okay, had, that's good. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to skip over that um, because, uh, you know, I, I worked with some really good people there, and we had a really good run. And, you know, we beat teams we weren't supposed to. Like, that's fun. You know, we were playing, like, these ranked New York teams, um, Long Island Lutheran, Our Savior, New American, um, Lamont, uh, what was that other school? Lawrence Woodmere, and like one more, like pretty good school. Like we we played against good teams, and like we had a kid that averaged like twenty nine points per game. That's he insane. Had, yeah, he's, I I always tell the kids like he's the best kid I ever coached. Um, I mean, like it's skewed though. Like you know, he he played like weak competition, and that kind of helped him get his like twenty nine points per game. He scored a thousand points. Um, went to Swarthmore for for college. Okay, yeah, I know Swarthmore. Yeah, so D3 player. Um, he, I think he would have been on the UPenn roster, but for some reason he didn't get into school. It's um, a tough school to get into, though. Which was weird, uh, you know, because I think he was a legacy, and he, like, was a good student. He had a good SAT. It's just, you know, it's That's just weird. like, it, it's just like, you know, it's just a tough system, I guess. Yeah, yeah you never know. There's probably a million other things that went into that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You know, you had to be good. So after that, we went to Saddle River Day where we had a career year. I, I mean, just like us, we, not career year, like we said, we made school history. That's we won, awesome. Yeah, we won 20 plus games. We got to the state tournament. Um, we got to the county tournament, like the Bergen County Jamboree, which like it's hard to get into. So in mm-hmm. Bergen County, it's like the NCAA where there's like the big dance and then there's like the NIT and right, know, right. these like little tournaments. We got into the big dance and they've actually been really good since then. They've been a bit of a force in, in Bergen County. That's awesome. So, and then after my stint there, that's when I, you know, started my time at Bridgewater Raritan where our first year we, we were pretty good as well. Um, you know, we had a kid, you know, same thing as Tyler thousand point score went as high as you could academically d3 and like ability wise d3 you know he went to uh babson same type of level and uh since then we've just been down man i mean uh there's a lot, bunch of factors but um you know we're just trying to turn around building yeah that. i'm sure you guys will find the pieces you need eventually you know sometimes it's the waiting game it's just public school man it goes yeah in you know like exactly it's, it's bound to happen but I mean, I know that's a pretty big school. So I mean, your your pool for 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 talent's pretty big uh, relative yeah. to school. I mean, like obviously, like relative to my school. Luck and they've been good for so long, man. Yeah, it was about to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, Yogi went there. Yeah, Yogi from from JSAG. from, from JSAG. Yeah, he can hoop. So he was uh he was on like one of the best teams ever. They that's won, awesome. I didn't know that. They won like a state sectional. 
Oh, wow. So, like, the, 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 the tradition is rich, and we just want to keep adding to the tradition. Right, right. And hopefully, you know, things go well with um, handling COVID and, you know, vaccine development. Yeah, uh, man. Because, you know, we'd love to see – we'd hate for kids to lose another season. I don't know if you knew this, but when you were in the Philippines, um, when COVID hit, you know, obviously – the NCAA tournament and the NBA were canceled, but like the same thing happened mid state tournament. So, and it happened before there were sectional champs. So, Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So some people, I, I guess some teams like have four teams left and like four teams each got a sectional championship. Like that's, Weird. that was like how they decided to fix it. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, and then a bunch of spring sports kids, man, football, baseball, um, lacrosse, you know, they lost the senior yeah, season. That's like, tough, I, man. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's huge for recruitment too. So, I mean, I'm, you, know, you, you hope and pray that the kids that, you know, were up for playing at the next level still were able to get their name out there and get their film out there and stuff with what they already had. Yeah, well, I mean, just the reality of it is, like, people are going to slip through the cracks, and there's going to be a bunch of people not playing at the level that they should be. So, yeah. in year or two, there's going to be a number of transfers, I believe, or just, like, a number of just, like, strange wild cards, like, guys who were on D1 rosters that aren't any good, like, for that level, obviously. Right. Guys who are way too good for D3, guys who are way too good for D2, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a big disruptor and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's nothing we can do about it. Um, you know, you do wish that the, the American response early had taken it a little bit more seriously and maybe things could be a little better, but like, you know, things could have still maybe got to this point. Yeah. I mean, you never know, man. So something like this, it's one of those things where you can always look back and say, what if, but you can never pinpoint. So. Right. And, you know, but, um, so then you mentioned, you know, you're, you know, you worked with Rutgers and I mean, I know you've played for, you played hoop for a while. So like, can you talk to me about like your evolution as a basketball player? You know, you went from playing in high school, like a good school, um, to you, you know, falling at Rutgers and then, um, working with the women's team with me is, you know, with me kind of mixed in and then all these like really competitive leagues that you play in now or before, um, like, tell me about your, you know, your little career before you got into coaching. I know you're playing again now, but. Um, yeah, so I was a stud in middle school. Um, we can start there because that's probably. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I, one of my biggest problems is I was just like a center, um, which you can be as a 5'10", like 13-year-old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I was, me. Getting, I was having like 20-20 games. Um and, like, you know, 20 points, 20 rebounds. I was, like, pretty athletic for my time. Go, go to St. Joe's, don't have the career I want because, you know, it's a really good school. Uh, yeah. St. Joe's and Carl Towns went there. Jay Williams went there. Andrew Bynum went there. And it's actually kind of crazy to think that in the last – I don't know. I think Jay Williams was drafted 2001. So, in the last 20 years, there have been three lottery picks from St. Joe's with touchdowns. That's not actually crazy. Yeah. yeah like not, the only other schools I could say that are St. Pat's and, like, Montverde. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's more. Yeah, but, I mean, that's actually – that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I yeah, – and it really comes down to I wasn't good enough at the time. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do believe that coaches didn't see the potential I saw in myself. And that's why I like pride myself on trying, not pride myself, but like, I always try to like see as much as I can of a kid and try to get the most out of every kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people might think, think the kid stinks, but I'm going to look and look and look and see if there's anything that like other people might not see because it doesn't pass the eye test. Um, but yeah, I get to Rutgers and I'm, uh, I end up joining the women's practice team, which was a really cool experience and a, a bizarre experience. You know, I thought it was something weird at first. I'm like, yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, like, like, I, and you got also had to consider this, like, like, yeah, I knew girls that hooped, but like my experience with girls, my last experience with girls basketball closely because St. Joe's was an all boys school was in middle school. Right. And, oh, wow. That's tough. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I was culture shocked because, you know, they're girls, but it's D1 basketball, man. And that's really when I started to foster my ideals of like just women's rights, truthfully, equality, seeing, mm-hmm. different, you know, holding, uh, like holding my opinions until I got done my own due diligence and research and seeing things up close. Type right. Right. So that, that was definitely a culture shock. Um, but, uh, it was like, I guess it was a tough time for, uh, you know, it was a tough time. It's a tough time now for Bridgewater Rare in high school, but it was a tough time then for Rutgers women's basketball um, for X amount of reasons. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and all that considered, they missed the NCAA tournament and all that, and we're going to get into it a little bit, but they had so many WNBA players. Dude, like, it's crazy. It's yes, crazy. I mean, you were there, what, two years before I was? Yeah. And, like, even in my time I, there. I was a senior when you were a freshman. No, I was okay. a fifth senior when you were yeah you're you're a fifth year so then and i mean in my time i mean there's maybe three or four that went i mean i'm sure there was more in in your time you were there for uh, for a while it's crazy so i mean off the top of my head tyler tyler scaife um benaja and kalia and kalia yeah those are the three for me yeah and then i know i know essie played in sweden i know Mm -hmm. Bree played somewhere. Rachel was in the Rachel. WNBA. Rachel was in the league. Rachel yeah. was in the WNBA as well. Um, and that might be it as far as pros. But then Erica Wheeler, you know, was in was in she, she her story is crazy. She was like undrafted, killed it in like South America, and got into the WNBA and got uh, All Star MVP, I believe. That's yeah, that's nuts. That story's that story's nuts. So that's crazy. April Sykes was in the WN. Like, it, it's crazy, like, you know, that it just, like, didn't work out. And, you know, there's a million reasons why. Um, but, you know, here's what it is mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So, um, but, you know, things were hard. And, and because things were hard, it was, like, tough on people in our role. So a women's practice player is, you know, what they do for division one programs typically, but I think all women's basketball teams could do is they get a, they get guys uh, to play against the girls. And, you know, like, this isn't like 
you know, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but it's like, you know, one of the reasons is because, like, guys are a little, you know, taller, a little more athletic, you know, and mm-hmm. they can be used as practice players to push the girls. Right. Um, so, you know, I hope that's not controversial, but, like, you know, that, that's literally what the role is for. For sure. I mean, that was what they tell you day one. Yeah. Know, when you get there. Uh, yeah. And, I, again, like, you know, you never know who's going to listen to a podcast. I just want everyone to know, like, you know, like, I don't mean any controversy by saying mm-hmm. that. like, that's what they did. And because, like, the program was so on and off during that time, I guess it was also hard to, like, get guys to, like, commit and, and really do that. So there were a few guys, like, before me that, like, did it that were, you know, they were really good. I, I look I looked at them as big brothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried to do that, like, for the next, like, kind of generation. And, you know, I told – I told coach at the time, like, Hey, let, let me, let me head this. And like, you guys are recruiting the wrong players. Like you guys are, you know, like you guys are getting guys who are good, but like they don't have the IQ. I think you need high IQ players for this. And uh, they thought they were getting high IQ players, but like they were, you know, they were getting guys that passed an eye test. Like they were, they looked a certain way. They looked like they were athletic. They were athletic. They, they had like smooth handle. Like yeah, they, guys that could play. Yeah, but, like they were good at pickup, but like you know, you nest. You don't necessarily want them on your team when you play pickup, kind of thing. But they were good. Like mm-hmm. there was no one that was a practice player that wasn't good. That that I mean, at, at least at Rutgers. So right, right. Um, you get those type of players, and you know maybe some of them like. You know, as coaches that are just evaluating, because like how how they used to do it, and two of two of the coaches at the time they used to play pickup. It was uh, Coach Pointer and Coach Newton, and both yep, of them yep. had you know WNBA like backgrounds, whatever. They would go play pickup, and whoever they thought they were good, they would try to get um, to be practice players. That and guys who like tried to walk on the team that they thought were good. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, those guys, like, weren't fully committed. And, like, you can kind of see, like, why somebody that talented, like, may have not played in college. Right? Right. Oh, it's like, oh, you're 6'5", you're athletic, you can dunk it. Did you really go to college because you wanted the college experience? Or did you go to Rutgers because you couldn't play nowhere? Mm -hmm. A lot of times that's the case. And, like, you know, nothing against them. That I'm just saying, like, that was just my observation on a lot of guys that they would get and weren't fully committed to it. Right. So I was like, I told them, hey, let me let me do this. Like, I, I think I can get guys who, who may not, like, pass the eye test. Like, they might look like some weirdos. <laughs> you know, like, you know, they might not seem like they're athletic, but, like, they, they're, they'd be effective – they they could run plays they could understand scout and mm-hmm. you know we did that and uh you know for my last two years and that's when we kind of i think my last class or not last class last group of like guys that like came in um was you ben flavius chris campbell and um yeah those, those you you three were like the dedicated ones that really yeah. through. chris campbell ended up being a manager right um, you know, you kind of took my role, you and Ben, both of you guys like kind of took my role 
mm-hmm. Ben, uh, you know, Ben, he, you know, he was studying, I think, was he studying medicine? Pre-med. Yeah. He was in a pre-med. Yeah, so he was in pre-med. So he was around a little bit longer. So he kept it going. Yeah. And, and it's kind of crazy to think about that legacy because I, you know, like every practice player for those four years had a degree, one degree of separation with me. Yep. And then like after that, like it was anybody two, two degrees of separation with Ben um, mm-hmm. and yourself, like guys who were younger that like still stayed on board. But then like my friend, you know, CJ Cruz, his little brother was in yeah. college. So Greg Cruz came over and uh, this other kid I knew, his name was Hamza. I had seen him around like AAU. Um, he was a younger guy too. And they kind of like took the reins. So it's kind of cool to think that, you know, the practice player is still strong. They're doing, they're still doing some of the stuff that like we put in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like when we were like trying to, make that more a more efficient thing and yeah. uh, you know you watch them and it's like yeah they 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 still have guys the guys they have like are not the biggest not the tallest not the most athletic but they're they're able to run a scout they're able to uh, understand concepts they play hard and they have good iq and mm-hmm. you know um whether or not that's one of the reasons the program is being more successful now um, you know, I'd like to think that's one of the reasons, but like, yeah, you know, I think overall it, it, it's a good feeling to know that part of your legacy is still there and, and still going strong. Right. Yeah. I try to visit as much as possible, but it's been, uh, it's been harder as, as you get older. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, we get caught up into so many things, so yeah. And like, not that you don't want to visit, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we keep ourselves busy. So, and then you got your own stuff to handle with hoops. So, yeah. And then like, you know, coaches, Coach's staff has completely changed, pretty much. Yeah. I remember one time I walked in, and uh, one of the managers, like one of these little baby managers, you know. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like year one managers. Yeah, like comes over. He's like, yeah, excuse me. This is a close practice. You need to leave. And, like, you know, Aunt Viv is like, hey, hey, hey. What are you, what, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> Just like destroying my coach it's cool it's cool auntie it's cool like i'm like i'm just here to watch she's like yeah can can you get on the floor please i'm like no i i I can't i can't (laughs) i I am not in shape for this no i am not going to try to stay in front of tyler scaife as a senior year no like hard pass dude that was my year actually i think i remember that practice yeah because i mean me and tyler are the same age so yeah so some little manager you know not little but like, but like they were, they, they didn't were, know. Like they, 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 didn't they, know. They, they didn't know a legend was walking around. Yeah, yeah, legend. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, Auntie Viv, bro. Yeah. So how much? Um, how much did like you know working? I mean, you and I both, but I mean, you longer than me, and probably obviously a little bit more. Um, you know, work so close with. Uh, I mean, one of the greatest of all time not just in women's college basketball, but in basketball in general. Uh, yeah. I mean, how did that shape you as a coach now? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I get a lot from her. Um, and I also learned a lot from like what I like from her and what like I thought like should be done differently. I wouldn't say better. Like you can't, I, I don't, I'm not pompous enough to think like I do anything better than coach Stringer. I just feel like there are things that like I do differently that is more effective for me. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, as far as that, like, 
in terms of like being associated with her and how it's like helped me and connected me, it's, it's a, it's a little interesting because like, you know, you know, like some people really respect it and some people don't, but I think it's cause I'm in boys basketball or men's basketball. And like, yeah, you know, again, this is like one of the things like I always fight for, like, you know, girls basketball is good too. And like their coaching is probably better than ours. Um, yeah. So you know, like you would think that like somebody that a Hall of Famer vouches for, like anywhere you go, like instant hire, but it's it doesn't always go that way because you know it's not. I don't know Rick Pitino or Calipari. Yeah, I mean, people know, who don't know, they don't. You know, they only know what they know. So it's C. It's C. Vivian String. Who's that? I'm like, uh, she's in the Hall of Fame. She has a building at the Nike headquarters named after. How about that? Yeah, like how so, about that? I mean, like she's on stage with like Jordan and Stockton in her Hall of Fame class. Like, how about that? Yeah, I mean, like what? And you know what? So in ter- but in terms of just like her and like what I got from her and what stays with me, um, talking like the way she forced everyone to talk. Like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, kids don't like to talk. Like, no, say like, hey, you you got to use her name. She forced every single girl to be like using each other's names and like you know talking loud and and like it sounded robotic but like that's like better than no talking at all and infinitely and then like you could see it like in game like they were starting to talk naturally to each other and like that was really important so you know that and that kind of kind of goes and goes with like just the overall attention detail like she would stop if like your feet weren't the right Right. Oh yeah, or like we, if, you're, if you weren't standing in the right spot, or if you didn't set a screen specifically like here and here at like the right angle, or if you're like a foot out of place, like yeah, things like timing, you know, things like that. Like uh, so, like you know, just being very keen on details has just a lot to do with like how I coach, how I think about things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. So, you know, those are definitely the two things, like, I'll take from her, like, how the importance of communication and just, like, the importance of detail. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, you know. Like, I've never thought about things like how my feet should be positioned in relation to the person I'm guarding on a closeout on this part of the floor. I'm like, well, what? You know, like, I yeah. just, like, get my hand up. But, like, dude, that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. So what um so then what has been like one of your uh if you you have have you had any you know bigger challenges transitioning from someone who played and then kind of had that slow transition to a coach because not only did you play with the scout team you kind of like ran the scouts too like the coaches would just give you the yeah and i wasn't the original uh person to do that matt schiff who you know came before me he was a walk-on at Rutgers, and he actually got in home games so he was really good but he was like the same thing. Like they let him be a coach. The thing, the difference though, is he always wanted to be a coach. Right. And I didn't, I just like really like basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of took that for granted, but like I had no problem, like just taking the scout and being like, all right guys, we're going to run um, one, four high. Um, we'll play. Uh, they run the triangle center opposite. They run pick and roll at 10 seconds. All right. mm-hmm. yeah, we need um okay yeah the the this girl plays like terry terry you're gonna be number 13 and the, these are some of your tendencies mm-hmm. uh, 
And, you know, I hope that somebody on the, I don't know, actually, I don't know if you and Ben were given similar responsibilities or not. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that was, you were like a lot bigger of a basketball brain than me and Ben, you know, individually. But so me and Ben kind of did that together. Yeah. You know, we would so, get there a bit earlier. We'd talk about the scouts and we would, we would figure it out together as opposed to just being you. But yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, it's, it, it that was like, something I took for granted. And I, again, I didn't really want to coach. I was just like, I need to do something cause I got to pay rent. Um, or I just like, I need to do something because like, I just got fired. So like, it wasn't like something I really wanted to do at the time. And now it's become something I really want to do where Matt Schiff, you know, he, he went to like four D one programs. Yeah. I remember, you know, when you talked about him, uh, when I first met you, like he was already at his first program. Yeah, so he, yeah, he, he done, he, he did women. I mean, but the, that's the thing that maybe I could have done and should have done is, and, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but had I known that I wanted to coach, maybe I would have gone the same route as him and tried to do women's basketball. Um, but I, I never thought I'd want to be a college coach anyway. And it's mm-hmm. to, to this day. Right. It's a different grind. It's a different type of impact that, you know, my impact is like, I want to help, I want to help kids. You know? Yeah. By the time you're in college, you're, you're, you're basically an adult. Mm-hmm. You're, you're an adult that's learning how to be an adult. You know, I want to teach kids to, uh, I just want to help set up kids for greatness. Yeah. That's how I set, set it up. Um, and it's interesting. So yeah, no, that doing, but that responsibility like did a lot. That's why like, uh, I feel like, that's why my IQ is kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. It was like, I kind of like, there were, just, there were sometimes things I noticed that they didn't notice. Um, and it would have been, I thought, I think it might've been interesting had I cared a little bit more or like, had I known I really wanted to coach back then. Cause yeah. then I probably would have like watched film and like done a little bit more. You know, I kind of just had to scout as it was. And I was just like, ah, let's do this, this, this. And yeah, I, I, I do know like coach would, get mad because like we had some high IQ guys and you know like they would counter what the team was going to do and then we would counter the counter and they're like no 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 no, just fall into the trap I'm like yeah but like we're not trying to we're not trying to go against the plan it's just like we're naturally kind of smart players so yeah we're just playing basketball so, you know, like if they said ice the ball screen because they like using wing ball screens and then like we would be effective, you know, rejecting the ball screen and snaking the ball screen or something like, you know, it's kind of just a group of guys we have. Yeah. So, which is, I get it too. It was like counterproductive to them, but I think it says a lot to the type of players that we tried to get mm-hmm. um, to the program to help our girls. Mm-hmm. Um. So then you're, uh, you're talking about like, uh, earlier, you know, you're with the Panthers now. Yeah. Um, right. And then, so you're running, is it you running the 17, you guys, is that your team? Uh, so I'm one of the, I'm one of three directors. Um, okay. uh, I think we might have five directors now. Uh, Official. I, I, it's hard to, it's, it's tough because like there were a lot of transitions that were going to happen as we were, uh, you know, hit with COVID. So um 
Yeah. So, you know, uh, last year we had a really good group of 17 new boys. One of our guys was unranked going into his senior year or going into his junior year. Okay. He was unranked and he ended up, um, he's, he's going to Wake Forest and he had wow every offer you can imagine. Um, and a lot of it, like he got, he, he did get bigger and taller and stronger as well. You know, there were just things that came with growing, but like, obviously there's, there's a lot to be said about the hard work he put in and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he kind of helped us as a program get to a higher level Our on the girl side. We, we do really well and our, it helped our boys side get to similar. So we, we probably have on, we have three 17 U teams. Um, and that was kind of like a decision due to COVID to try to help as many kids as possible. Right. On the, on the quote unquote lower teams, the second and third team, we have every single player is a D3 player or a college wow. player rather, but there's a number of potential D2 high D3 guys on there. And, you know, maybe a D1, That's but on the, on the best team, we have 10 scholarship players. So, so we're building wow. up. That's um, awesome, dude. Yeah, I actually have, didn't know. Cause I mean, I remember when you first, you know, got with the Panthers, like, I mean, you kind of helped grow it to, to where, where it is now. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to take full credit by myself, obviously. Right, I'm sure it's a, it's a team effort. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an absolute team effort. Um, but, yeah, you know, we uh, – the first group we ever had had nine, nine college players, not nine really good D3 players. All of them are doing really well right now. Um, actually, I think it's eight and then one D2. Oh, yeah, eight and one D2. So um, – and, and like all those guys are doing really well. And one of the things is like, you know, those guys will want to come back and work out with the younger guys. So that's always a good thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I guess last thing before we uh, get no, you know, another segment here, um, you hit me up, I guess maybe a month ago, maybe two months ago um, about, you know, this Instagram account that you, you and uh, Tino had been working on see the floor. Yeah, and you what's know, that, we, what's that all about? Right, so we kind of hit a little bit of a wall um, creatively, but we're 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 in the planning stages of trying to do something uh, a little more with it. Um, so the the whole premise is just yeah, I, and I've heard this a lot. It's it, you know people like oh he only he played he plays at Rutgers, uh, but it's Rutgers Newark, so it's not that good. Um, which is just not the case. And, you know, one of the things is just to value all levels of basketball and all, all journeys of basketball, all journeys of all journeys in general, you know, there's beauty in them. If you see the story the right way. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one of the things we want to do. So the first few videos that we featured were John Morant, who, you know, absolute crazy journey. His journey is a little more mainstream, obviously. Yeah, he's a unranked player. Goes to Murray State, and you know, kills it. And he's about to be rookie of the year, uh, or you know, he's a candidate for rookie of the year, which is crazy to think about how that goes. And you know, obviously with this stuff, it's always about you know, obviously there's some lucky growth spurts involved. 
mm-hmm. etc. Um, the next video we did was Duncan Robinson. And are you aware of Duncan Robinson's story at all? Uh, not too much, no. So, so Duncan Robinson play, plays for the Miami Heat currently, but he, he kind of took a crazy kind of route. And I believe there was a growth spurt involved too. So that's always important to note with this stuff. It's not like, you know, you work as hard as you can at D3 every D3 player can get to the NBA. Like, that's not what I'm here to say. What I'm here to say is, like, this story in particular is inspiring, and, like, the journey is so unexpected. Hold up. Might have lost you here. I can be. Our hashtag is, if you can hoop, you can hoop. Um, so his story is he, I think he's from the New England area. I believe he go, went to, so he went to a D3 school and, um, either won the championship or got to the championship in D3. And then he transferred to Michigan and had a good career. And now huh. he plays on the Miami Heat. And he's one of the one of the best shooters in the NBA. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he came out of nowhere, th- like, this past season. Yeah, and, you know, he was a D3 guy. And, you know, when I saw that, him and John Moran, I was like, yeah, we got we to gotta find a way to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. Cause there's so many times fans are just like, oh, oh, you know, he's this guy's not any good because you know he didn't play at a high major school. Um, one of the things that really inspired me was, um, what's the kid's name? Uh, number one point guard, young guy, young guy, uh, Dior Johnson. So Dior Johnson was playing pickup and Dior Johnson is like, uh, he played with like Bronny. Uh-huh. So Dior played with Bronny on his AAU team. And he's like a New York kid. that's kind of like going, you know, throughout the country for his high school career. Mm-hmm. Um, some people hate on it. I don't really mind, you know, uh, not that it matters, like, right. I, but like, you know, I, I don't care that he's transferring wherever. He, I believe he's going to Oak Hill next year. But he was playing uh, pickup, you know, in one of these videos. That's a crazy thing, you know, with social media now. It's like everything goes viral. And he was, like, talking, talking trash to this one guy. And he was like, uh, yeah, he sucks. He got no offers. He's a bum. And he goes, man, I'm going to Howard. And he goes, Howard, and then he puts up a zero. Like, Howard doesn't mean anything. Like, Howard's still a D1 school. Guys that go to Howard are still really good at that. Yeah, dude. And, like, even that, like, like D3 guys are really good. We play with a bunch of guys that are tough, and, you know, they're D3 players. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a bunch of different reasons. You know, people grow at different times. People, like, there's grades. There's, um, you know lack of recruitment maybe you got injured senior year right at a bad game when somebody came to watch there's so many dude, there's so many things man yeah i mean the way i see it is to go d1 you need to have uh i mean you know connections aside right you need to have grades you need to have size you need to have athletic athleticism and you need to have ability and a lot of times, you know, people who are D1 have all four of those things. People who go lower, you know, one or two are missing. Right. So, like, you might have, like, D1 athleticism, but, like, be at a D3 school. You might have 
D1 size end up at a D2. You might have D1 ability, but, like, you're five foot. Right, and then obviously that's not getting you up to D1. Right, which is, like, you know, it's just, like, if you can hoop, you can hoop. So basketball is basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and then the idea came out, you know, the – the Uncle Drew video came up and I was like, what if I just like got, what if I got like a bunch of kids who like talk like this? Like I hear kids talking about this all the time. Like, Oh, I'd never go D3. You know, I'm like D3 sucks. I'm like, what? So like, what if I got those type, a group of those kids and told them, Hey man, I want you guys to play. We're playing pickup today and I'm mm-hmm. bringing in a pro and yeah, you know, have them play against this pro and then after the pro reveals like he was just a d3 thousand point scorer or a d3 starter or like a d2 like off the bench player right something like that because listen if you're playing college basketball even if people think you suck you're good oh yeah you have you don't get that far if you're not good yeah so that was that was the idea for Cedar Floor, and I hope that we do get to do that soon. I'm mm-hmm. just do that in a safe way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, have, you know, whether or not it's a secret or not, we want kids to see up close and personal what a D3 basketball player looks like because it doesn't look like what you think it looks like. No. I mean, you've, I, mean you, I know you've been to a bunch of, you know, D3 games. I, so have I. And it's things that, you know, the average person might not ever, you know, blink an eye towards or bat an eye towards, but it's it's real good ball no matter what. Yeah, I just want to change the way people see basketball, really. Mm-hmm. That, that's the whole premise to see the floor. And, um, you know, we'll see exactly what approach we take for it, but I, I would love to see uh, – Less of people saying, like, oh, Brian Scalabrini sucks. He shouldn't be in the NBA. Like, you know, Brian Scalabrini, in the first year of the TBT, he played and he was kicking people's butts. Mm-hmm. Like, retired Jay Williams, Jason Williams, retired White Chocolate, you know? Like, yeah. retired Mike Bibby. Like, these guys were, like, killing dudes. Mobley is still killing in the Drew League against pros. Yeah. You know, overseas pros. Like, NBA – level is completed that like any sort of college basketball is different. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I mean, the whole idea behind that, um, it, it's really cool to see, you know, it come from you, especially, and obviously Tino's helping you, but just kind of because of the way, you know, you approach things as a coach and as a person, um, like you mentioned earlier, you're just trying to inspire, you know? And I think that the see the floor, uh, I guess the way you guys are kind of presenting it, it's, it changes the mindset that, you know, a lot of, you know, athletes might not think that, Oh, like, you know, if I go D3, like I'm not as good as everybody thought I was or whatever. Like, I think that it can really, you know, turn, turn things around, you know, from a mental aspect of a lot of like younger kids. Yeah. You know, and like, um, you know, I've worked pretty closely with Tino and Saul when they were younger and like, they kind of see this stuff now. Mm -hmm. And, and I think they both had a, a crazy and beautiful journey and I'd love to tell their stories one day. So, you know, I'm not going to spoil it right now, but, um, you know, Tino 
one of the reasons I want to work with Tino with this is because he has a good story and he understands that he has a good story and there's nothing wrong with him coming short with the expectations he had for himself. Right. And obviously Saul's doing, Saul is doing a really good job with his own company unguarded. Um, where, you know, a little different approach than us. I know he started off doing some of the same stuff, having like, a couple of the D2 and D3 guys he knew tell their stories, but like now he's like telling the stories of like top ranked kids, um, which is really cool, man. And he does a really good job. Um, I'm definitely inspired by him all the time, but uh, you know, and, and Tino and I are not trying to copy, you know, what he's doing. Um, but we do want to copy the energy that he, he puts into his work. Right. And we want to, you know, just like do something we want. We, we just want people, like, people need to appreciate how good, like, a, like somebody actually is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, man, it, and that's a, something that goes beyond basketball, too. So, that's pretty dope. Also, I didn't know Saul, uh, Saul had his own thing. I'm going to have to have you uh, connect him, connect me with him so that I, I want to learn more yeah, about it. Man. Yeah, for sure. He's, uh, you know, Saul, Saul is doing it big, man. Saul's doing it big. I think he, I think he did something with Dick Sporting Goods last year. Oh shit! Dude, I haven't seen that dude. I mean, since we had yeah, a couple training nights at Rutgers, yeah, I haven't last, seen him in a yeah, long time. Last time you saw him, he was still playing at City College in New York. Um, yeah, but yeah, his story, yeah, his story is his to tell. So, but his story is incredible as well. I'm interested, man. But that's awesome to hear. All right, let's uh, let's move into this last thing here. So, what I like to do, uh, you know, every week is I do like the holy grail of a certain topic. Um, so it's like the top four things in a category, not necessarily in an order, but you know, what four things would you want out of this okay. category? Yeah, sure. uh, so what we do is we'll alternate picks and we can't pick the same thing. Okay. So for this week, uh, let's do the Holy grail of ideal pickup basketball teammates, like traits. Traits. Yeah. Like what, what type of guys would you want? Um, so if I had to pick four guys with me, uh, types of players, I guess we good types of players, like, whether that be like an energy guy or like, some dude that's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, I could do that. All right, let's do it. Uh, you guys no, go wait, first. It works. So like, you're going to give one and I give one. Yeah, but you're going to start. Okay. The first thing you want is, um, a good rebound, like a, a good rebounder and like a hustle guy, you know, preferably somebody who plays inside. So you always want somebody who, who's just going to go and rebound the ball. All right. Uh, for me, it's going to be a guy that, um, can see the floor really well i feel like uh for pickup sometimes that kind of gets lost everybody yeah i mean like I, I wouldn't pick that because like i have myself so, right right um and then you want and, and then really like you, you just want one guy that can go get a bucket like yeah, but like he doesn't take bad like too many bad shots. Like you don't want somebody that's just gonna shoot every time down. You want somebody who like can efficiently play, mm -hmm. like still makes good decisions. Like that's what he comes. Like I, I mean, one of the reasons I hate playing pickup now is because like guys just pretty much are taking turns playing one on one, walking the ball up and down the court. Like pretty much how it goes. Super whack. Yeah. So um, yeah. So right right now I have a a, a rebound a, a rebounder slash guy that plays inside and um you know someone who who's good at getting efficient baskets. Okay, uh, for me I'm gonna want a hustle guy. 
um, which I guess kind of branches off of a guy that goes inside. But I want that. I want that guy that kind of just. He might not give you. I mean, if you're playing at twelve, he might not give you like eight points. He might give like one or two. But this dude is like he doesn't take plays off. He's always down to play some defense. Like standard guy. Yeah, I, could, I mean, you can always think of a couple guys that are going to run around for the squad. Yeah. Uh, get tired. So uh, I would agree with that. Um, but I, would, I mean, I think I would take it. I would want to take a guy that can just really catch and shoot and doesn't really need the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, that would kind of eliminate my role. So I, I didn't pick a shooter for mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, it, it just like, I don't need a guy that's going to shoot as soon as he gets it. I just need a guy that's always ready to shoot it. Yeah. I mean, that's like, kind of how you grew me to play. You know, it's not like every look. You got to know, like, what's, a, like, what's a good rhythm shot and what's not and what's rushed. Mm-hmm. Someone that kind of understands spacing, too. Yeah, or, like, if I – you know, there's sometimes, like, I'll give it to you on the wing, but that doesn't mean you should take a one-pass shot either. You know, like, there's a difference between swinging you the ball and, like, getting you the ball to, like, shoot. And, like, if you can understand the difference, you can really help a team out. So, yeah. Yeah, right now we got me who's going to, like, push the pace. You have a rebounder. You have, um, you know, a smart shooter. And you have, like, uh, an efficient shot creator. So mm-hmm. that's what I have. And you have your hustle guy. You have um, yourself, which is, a you know, a shooter as well. Uh, you have your guy who can see the floor. And then I guess you're on the – on the clock now. Yeah, on my clock, on the third. Um, shit. Well, I was really hoping you didn't say someone that just efficiently scored the ball. So, uh, um, I guess for me, it's someone that uh, I can put up with someone that, uh, you know, that might not be taking the best shots, but someone that can um, dependably get you a bucket. Like, you know, you know how sometimes pickups just game runs, I guess like basketball in general, but someone that kind of needs to slow the other team down just get him the ball even if he has to go iso kind of just freeze the ball movement but if you know he could put the ball in the hoop I want that guy yeah yeah and I guess my last guy I don't know this could really be anything it could be a hustle guy it could it could it could just be a guy who can catch a dump off pass it could you know the fifth guy is like the fifth guy ends up just being a random guy that's like, true like, that's actually yeah, right true. I don't like you gotta you gotta understand. Um, so you're just going with a ran- just a random dude. Is that is that your fourth, your fifth your fifth guy? Yeah, it could be a <laughs> random dude. Like I mean, it, it just has to be a guy that's like okay with not getting the ball, and like can sometimes make a shot. And yeah, sometimes like yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and you know, like you just gotta be realistic too. Yeah, I mean, you're not – it's going to be hard for you to find, like, a perfect five playing pickup anyways, but – Yeah, but, I mean, I guess the perfect guy would be, like, a guy who could touch it inside and, you know, doesn't really need the ball. Yeah. Maybe somebody that holds the ball real tight, you know? Like, yeah, you know, just – yeah. <laughs> Someone who holds the ball really tight. But you just need – um, you just need guys who understand how to play. Yeah. And, and you know, like, you, you can't play – like, Nobody wants to play with selfish guys. Nobody wants nah. to play with um, – you know, pe- people don't want to play with guys that are just going to shoot every time you get it. Nobody wants to play – they turns playing one-on-one. Or maybe they do, and they just never been around good basketball before. Because I have yeah. good teammates that really move the ball. And, like, if you move the ball as a team, 
That is fun. It just takes the fun out of it if you got a guy that doesn't play like that, you know? Yeah. It's like you don't play pickup basketball to win championships. You're just trying to have a good time. So, um, all right. So, for my last pick, it's just going to be a hype dude. I just want a dude that just has a lot of energy. He doesn't have to do anything. Maybe okay. play some defense. Okay. I just want to do that. Listen, I could name my perfect – not perfect, but, like, the the, the, the team I play pickup with the most was me, Goggin, uh, Derek, CA, and then it was literally a random person. That might be the greatest five. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've seen you guys play. It's terrible to play against you guys, so. Yeah, no, you, 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 can't, you can't beat us. I mean, and one of the things was – and one of my mo- one of the things most underrated about me as a basketball player, and people like might never think of this, is I was really good at um, being man down in transition defense. Like I was really good at guessing two on ones and like, mm-hmm. just like playing transition defense. So it like would work out. So like as soon as a shot went up, somehow I was always back, like getting a stop. So. You know, like it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter who our fifth guy was. We were gonna win, right? Dude, that team honestly, that guy, that was monstrous. Like playing against CA was one of the worst times I've ever had. So like joining well, Bomb Squad was the best thing I've ever done. Well, yeah. Listen, if you played again, and and I think one of the most annoying groups to play with was when we had John Bodner, um, because if CA didn't get the rebound, John did. Yep. And uh, yeah, we. Dude, I had uh, first first row seat to that in university hoops bro it's miserable my team was so good freshman year and then like we were like that we got this like we didn't really know bombs like i knew you guys but we haven't i hadn't that was the first time i played you guys like complete it was terrible we got blown out yeah we weren't complete though oh we didn't have gog oh that's right we still got blown out yeah i know yeah that's tough that was tough so i joined bomb squad instead I don't know if that was the first time we blew you out. I think that was the first time we played you guys. Like the original Cook guys? No, uh, no. Nah, nah. we, we played you on Livy too. Oh, fuck, you're right. That was bad. Yeah. Like before you, you, you hoops? Yeah. In the, in the spring, like the earlier spring yeah, season. It was um, the six-foot-under champs versus the first-year champs. Yeah, that was bad. And then. Yeah. What um? What was that? My first chip with you guys was that College Ave. Yeah, College Ave. Was that six foot or was it just College Ave League? No, no, that was just the College Ave League. We we won both College Aves. We won College Ave that spring, and then we won again in the fall. In the fall, I like commuted from New York City to like get to games. (laughs) That's just one train ride away, you know. It was like one train ride away, but like looking back, I'm like, why? Why did you, dude? It was for the legacy, bro. Was, uh, they were like, yo, you have to come. I'm like, all right. So I would take a train to New Brunswick and then walk from the New Brunswick train station to the college action. <laughs> Just to play. <laughs> like, there wasn't Ubers. There wasn't Ubers back then. So no, was, there wasn't. Well, there was, walk. but, like, you weren't taking an Uber from. Yeah, so I'd walk or I'd call somebody. Like, yo. Yeah. But, like, most of the times I walked. Dude, man, that was, that was good. Those were good times, bro. I mean, I'm glad that you still get to play with them. I'm glad that now that I'm home. Like, I get. Oh, that, no. you know, I mean, we 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 never hooped together, man. It's crazy. Like November last November, we all got together. It was the first time we had got together to hoop in a really long time since. Yeah, no, since like two thousand. 
like 17 or 18. That's crazy. Well, that's like the whole the whole squad, right? Because I, I know you still play with Gog. You still play with Derek a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still see Gog. Yeah, I you mean, sprinkle it in. But the yeah, whole group, is, I'm sure it's hard to get everybody together. Like, Dan doesn't even live in the state anymore. I know. A bunch of guys don't. So, yeah. that was crazy to, to hoop together. But we've been playing these one-on-ones, man, so – yeah, dude. The, if you guys don't know, on this podcast, Reem hosts the the high ground. The high ground, man. The high it. ground. It's invite only, but if you can get yourself an invite, bro, it's, it's the jungle run. out there. It's good runs. It's uh, and you know, we try to keep it low contact, man. One on one. We know that everybody's healthy. Um, no big crowds or anything like that. Just you know, trying to keep each other in shape. Yeah, it's man. Nothing crazy. The best type of basketball, too, bro. Three dribbles. Three dribbles or seven yeah, seconds. Three dribbles or seven seconds. So it's uh, it's going to get you good, man. It's going to get you good. Yeah, man. I know a lot of people that listen to this are people that I play with back in the Philippines. So hopefully they uh, take some lessons out of what you've had to say. Yeah, um, I've, tried to, uh, I've tried to bring some of the things that I've learned through the years from playing with you and the other guys over there. I don't know if you've played if you ever played over there, but basketball is like way different. What, what in what way is it different? Um, it's uh, I mean for me because I mean I played at not the highest levels over there. You know, I'm, I'm playing for my school. I'm playing you know some intramurals too, but uh, you know in the in the big tournament that I played in, it was like no team wanted to play man. Like everybody played zone except for like one. I mean we ran. We think we played seven different teams in two weekends. We played one team that played man-to-man, and, like, they just refused. Like, for me as a shooter, they refused to come out on me. It was insane, dude. Like, you would have ripped your hair out if you were coaching that, coaching against us because, dude, it was wild. Hold on. If I was coaching against you, I don't play zone. No. I, I tried to tell them, like, we don't play zone anymore. Yeah, I don't do zone defense. Like, uh, I'll do a man-to-man that looks like a zone, but uh, – Yes. Yeah. I don't do no, nah, bro. I don't know, do no sit around in the paint defense. Like, it's whack. We're going to work. Yeah. Funny story, man. One time I was coaching an AAU game. It was like an eighth grade AAU game. It was a high level one, but it was eighth grade. Um, so take that for what it's worth. And this one kid, he was talking, talking a bunch of trash. And he, he, he like said something. And then my one kid, Ethan, like, said something back. I'm like, yo, Ethan, stop talking to him, man. He can't say anything to you because he keep playing zone defense and he won't guard you. And he, <laughs> um, he, he had nothing to say for the rest of the game. That's tough. Um, I think he tried to plead to his coach to play, man, and he was like, we don't play, man. Why, why, why would we go to man? <laughs> and it was uh, so bad. It was actually, you know, a psychological – ploy now that I think about it like I definitely caused a rift within the team <laughs> the other team because this kid really wanted to play like man to man now because I had said that to him right that's really funny actually I've never heard that one you've told me a bunch of your crazy like coaching stories I remember the one where you're up in New York um something about you just made him run what's that was that when I was coaching soccer <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have to you have to tell that story about about the sprints Oh, well, I mean, there's two stories. So I coached soccer and I lost to, uh, I, I coached JV soccer and I didn't know anything about soccer. So I don't know why I was <laughs> looking back. I was like, well, okay. And, um, we lost to the school to death in, uh, near LaGuardia that's, airport. That's really hard, man. Soccer. And, um, you know, it's not that they were bad, but it's just like, we have an obvious advantage that we can hear the whistle 
and, we and your teammates, coaches. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, that was, and, and we, and, and we, I coached track and field. We played the same team. I thought this was going to be revenge. <laughs> Mind you, it's a school to death and it's nothing against the athletes, but they cannot hear the gunshot. So they start when they see everybody else start. <laughs> we start when we hear the gunshot. So, you know, we did have a head start and we lost. Um, yeah. So school to death has my number currently. Hey man, you're over two, bro. Yeah, they don't want to play some basketball, but I don't think it's possible for them to play basketball. I don't but. think so. I'm sure that's a whole different league. But um, all right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's about a card out about an hour or so. So definitely talk about some good stuff. Um, I am gonna have to uh, you know, get your uh, all of your you know Instagram stuff. Oh uh, yeah, you know, sure. for all your, for all your programs and stuff, so that I can yeah, put uh, it out there. I don't know. Like I guess for your 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 listeners in the philippines um my my personal instagram account is um at coach reem de jesus um and that that's just like what i do like as a coach and kind of embodies everything we uh we do really well on our instagram and twitter uh at nj panther at nj panthers boys um and you'll see, you know, what our boys are doing, um, who's getting offers, how our alumni are doing, things like that. And then at Sea to Floor Hoops, that's, um, you know, that's me and Tino's like a uh, little baby where we're going to really try to put, put together a good content. And again, like that'll really pick up, you know, hopefully if and when we get our vaccine and we can really get out there and get footage because, you know, like, Editing highlights can only, you know, it's been done, you know, right. so we, we want to really just push. Um, we, we, we just really want to, you know, push our movement with new footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm excited to see where all that goes and I'm excited to see your, uh, your Panther boys get back on the floor. Now that I'm going to be home for a little while, hopefully I can catch something in the fall. Yeah, for um, sure. Absolutely. But appreciate all of your time, bro. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, man, we'll talk. All right, bro.